Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's COSIDA Capital One Listening and Leading Webinar. We are pleased to offer a discussion on COSIDA's mentorship program, Get Ready, Get Set, Go, Prepare for the 2020-21 Program Signups. We appreciate you joining us today for sure. Uh, before we begin, we would like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, the presenting sponsor of our continuing education series. As a reminder, the webinar will be posted later today on COSIDA.com and in COSIDA Connect our membership's online community. We also will have this as a podcast and you'll be able to download it from the services listed on COSIDA.com. Along with that, we will place this webinar on our COSIDA YouTube channel as well. As for the webinar today, please ask your questions as we want to hear from you and what's on your mind. Do so by using the chat box, which you'll find on the right side of the portal to ask those questions. We will answer any pertinent questions during the webinar and also will save time at the end of the webinar to address anything we may have missed. Please send them to us now or throughout the webinar and we'll get to them at some point during our discussions today. So now we'll bring in our, our panelists for today, um, starting with Hannah Bradley, who's an Assistant Director of Media Relations at the Southern Conference. We also have Lindy Brown, the Senior Associate Sports Information Director at Duke University. Both Hannah and Lindy are on the COSIDA Mentorship Committee, and they'll probably get us going with some topics on the program as a whole, a little bit about what has changed in a couple of years past, and give you some insight on that. We also have Mex Carey, the Associate Director of Athletic Communications at Michigan State, and Taylor Garcia, the Athletics Communications and Operations Co Coordinator at Mills College in California. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Happy to have you here. Let's, uh, let's get started with, with Hannah and Lindy. Lindy, you specifically first. Just kind of give us a brief background of the program when it started and what's kind of been accomplished since then. Yeah, thanks everybody for joining. Uh, the program officially started in 2015-16. Um, initiative with uh, first vice president, Andy Seeley. Uh, it started with approximately 80 members and over the last five years has blossomed into over 500 uh, mentor mentee uh, matches. Um, you know, it is a member-only benefit uh, for all, everyone in COSIDA. Um, you know, the mentorship committee was added in 2019-20 as an oversight of the program. Uh, committee does ask, you know, a lot of number of questions, you know, when trying to pair mentors and mentees together. Um, you know, we, we really do spend a lot of time to make sure that each person is getting the best match possible. Um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, we are limited at times with how many mentors and mentees are available, but we will do our best with trying to put, you know, the person with the right mentor or mentee. You know, some things to think about, you know, when trying to choose your mentee, mentor or mentee, um, you want to, you know, by division, gender, race, um, you know, profession of, you know, been in the business for a certain amount of years or not. Uh, these are kind of very important details that, you know, are good to know and, and to be thinking about when you're trying to get paired. Um, you know, myself, um, you know, I, I started at Division II uh, USC Aiken, then ended up making it to Division One at Duke University, been there for 21 years. And, um, you know, I've had a number of different mentors and uh, that have helped me over the years. And, uh, you know, that's been, um, you know, something that's been very valuable to me. That's something to think about when you're trying to um, pick your mentor or mentee is, uh, you know, do you want to try to get to Division One or, or not? You know, sometimes, you know, having a mentor in Division One is good, but that's not a necessity at all. Um, you know, different mentors are, 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 will provide better opportunities than others. It just really, uh, it really varies. Um, I just actually finished my second year on the program uh, and my mentee uh, was in Division Three at the time. And uh, we've had a, a great you know, relationship ever since we started a couple years ago. And luckily, she worked in Chicago. I worked in North Carolina. But our paths crossed twice already in the next last two years. Uh, our women's basketball team played in the Chicago area. So we met up, went to actually a Chicago Bulls game together. And, um, you know, it's been really good to get to know her and, and all the different challenges and different things that she's been through uh, over the last couple of years to go through it and division three and also going to school um you know a couple of different things with the program signups uh for mentors and mentees will begin june 1st and go through july 31st 
Um, pairings will be made in August and communicated when complete. And official kickoff will come in September. Um, so that's a little bit of information on, on the program. And um, you know, if you do have the time, I highly suggest getting involved in trying to, you're young or, or been in the profession many years, to offer um, you know, guidance and help, especially with the younger you know, peers in this um, you know, great profession we're in. Appreciate that insight, Lindy. We'll, we'll get to Mex and Taylor at some point after Hannah speaks and their relationship as a D3 and D1 mentor and mentee uh, relationship. So we'll get to that and you'll kind of get to see some of the things that Lindy touched upon when we get to talk about their relationship that's formed and blossomed over the last year or so. Uh, but we'll switch to Hannah now. Hannah, obviously there's there's been a little bit of a change in 1920 with the committee. Um, and how some things are done. You want to touch upon that a little bit just to give some people some thought into what the committee is working on. Sure. Yeah, as Lindy alluded to, this is the first year of the committee. So we are kind of figuring it, figuring it out as we go along. But we um, we decided that it would be great to have liaisons. And if you are in a current mentor or mentee relationship, you should have heard from your liaison multiple times throughout the year. But we we want to check in a couple times a year and make sure things are going well, um, just kind of facilitate that relationship if it needs a little help. But more than anything, we just want to foster that relationship, make sure that you guys feel valued as part of COSIDA. And um, if there are issues or problems or concerns, obviously, just to let you know that we're there for, your, for you to relay that information to. Um, we send those emails separately so that you have the freedom to speak your mind. Um, we want you to be honest if it's not working. You know that's okay if it's great we want to hear your success stories so um everybody on the committee has so many uh, hearings that they're responsible for so we uh, do check in a couple times a year um a little bit before the holidays we thought it would be a good idea to maybe do a mid-year check-in so we sent um lori sent a survey around to people that are in the program and asked for mid-year feedback so that if there were issues we could get those addressed or corrected and um, we actually got a lot of feedback from that so um, thank you if you submitted those and if you didn't um, just please know that we do value that kind of information and the more you can give liaison the better um, but as Lindy also alluded to we have decided to make some changes with the, the program as far as signups go we um, we want to to get the best possible pairing that we can and in order to do that we feel like we needed to dig a little deeper and ask a couple more questions so instead of being a little more surface level, we're we're going to dig a little deeper. And um, like he said, we're not always able to make the perfect pairing, but we do think that having um, a little bit more information will help us with that. So we'll now be asking on the sign-up sheet if you prefer a mentor in your same division. Um, if you don't care for every one of these questions, um, no preference is an option. So if, if you don't really care, and you are for us to make that match. Um, you know, just knowing what we know about you, please feel free to put that. But we will also ask if you prefer a mentor or a mentee in your same gender. Um, I know for me personally, I like to request a female just because um, I feel like that's the most natural fit for me. I like to discuss life outside of work sometimes. And um, especially when I'm looking for a mentee, I'd like someone that, you know, I can I can model more than just professional things after so personally i i say yes to that a lot of people don't care but obviously we want you to pick um, what you're most comfortable with and then um lindy touched on on these but if you would like your mentor to be in the field for a certain amount of years feel free to disclose that and then if you would prefer a mentor in your geographic area we have seen a good bit of mentor pairings that have been able to meet in person and take pictures get together for dinner or drinks or um, they cross paths in their conference, or like Lindy said, if their team travels to play there, they can they can get together. So we know that that's not always doable, and that a lot of times you'll have to just rely on um, a telephone call or a text. But that's another question we ask: is what form of communication you prefer? Uh, we know that everyone likes to navigate a relationship differently, so and that's totally fine. Um, some people like getting together in person. Some people just like a phone call. Some prefer text, email, social media. We just uh, like to know that kind of stuff so that you're not put in a relationship where you don't feel comfortable in the discussion. And then along those lines, how often you want to communicate. 
do you just want to talk once a month? Would you rather talk once a quarter, once a week? Um, or you could be open to suggestions. You can wait and kind of fill out the relationship, see how that goes. But a lot of people um, like the, the strict kind of, we're going to talk once a month layout. And some people just, you know, as I need you, please just be there. So any of that information you can provide is helpful. And then lastly, we'll have two questions. We'd like you to list your goals that you hope to achieve from this experience. Um, do you want to make, do you want to network? Do you want someone that's just there when you need them, like I said, or, or someone that checks in, you know, regularly, weekly, with problems, without problems, like what kind of things do you want to talk about? Share that kind of stuff with us. Um, that will definitely help in our pairings. And then lastly, one idea the committee has kind of thrown around um, is uh, this kind of like an online mixer. We would do something at convention if we were having an in-person convention. And since we aren't doing that, we have thrown around the idea of an online mixer that would allow you to chat with, with some potential mentor mentees and um, just see if the program's for you or get, kind of give you an inclination of what kind of person or age range or you know all of those qualities that you'd like to request in a person. But um, that's something we're throwing around just, just as an idea, trying to keep things fresh since we can't meet in person at convention. But um, those, those questions we're hoping will really help us narrow down the pair and we want everyone to be happy in this relationship. And we, we know that that doesn't work times, but we're hoping by um, digging a little deeper that we'll be able to form some relationships. Hannah and Lindy, just talk, you know, maybe a little bit about the importance of sort of doing a little bit more research on those, picking those top three uh, mentors and just being honest in those questions, right? Like for the committee to pick and help navigate the best options, how important it is, is it for someone filling out the form to be really honest with what they really want? Hannah, Hannah, if you want to start, that, that'd be great. Uh, it's very important. Um, we spend a lot of time making these pairings, um, almost the whole month of August. That's why we don't start until September. Um, we, we spend a lot of time looking at all of that, and that's why we, we do ask these questions, is so we can get you to be honest and give those answers. But um, we're uh, based off the feedback we're hearing, or you know, a lot of the issues or or concerns that people have with their matches, you know, come down to a lot of these things. And so we're hoping if we can address those on the front end and make the pairing accordingly that that it will be more successful. But yeah, be honest, nobody sees this but our but our committee, um, and even within our committee, only a couple people. So be honest. If you don't know, that's okay. Um, like I said, open to suggestion or no preference is an option. But um, maybe just take the time to think about what you want out of the relationship, um, what you value the most, what you hope to get out of it, and then kind of try to base your base your options off that. Like I said, I know that I would like to request a female. Um, I don't have a lot of preference for some other things, but I'm going to be as detailed as I can. The the list three goals you hope to achieve is is an open ended, so um, take time to write in that box give us as much feedback as you can. And um, we really do spend a lot of time on this. So the more you can give us, the better. And Lindy, if you wouldn't mind jumping in on that too. Yeah, I just echo pretty much everything Hannah just said. I, you know, we can't stress enough just to be honest and, and think about, you know, what you want to get out of the program for sure. You know, things that I mentioned earlier, the you know, what, if you had a preference in gender or division, race, you know, profession, number of years, um, those are very important details, and um, you know, and, and you can make this program what you put into it. And we hope that you know, if you do get involved, that you do stay in touch with your mentor, mentee, and um, you know, we all know in this business about who you know, and um, you know, getting involved in this program, you know, can really help out and and branch you out and, and to meet more people in different divisions and. Um, like I said, I feel like it can really only help you out for sure. And, you know, and, and my mentee, especially too, with that I've got to know her and, and seeing um, how hard she works and what a great job she does in her institution that, you know, I even talked to my boss and, you know, trying to say, hey, if we have an opening, we need to, we need to look at her um, and, you know, trying to help her out now get to where she wants to be. And, uh, you know, I think we're all in this profession to help each other out. So, um, and I think just just kind of thinking about those things and, and what you want to get and what type of person you want 
magic you. Um, along those lines, um, the longer you're in this program, the more connections you do make. Um, just because you have that one mentor this year, you know, you continue that relationship on down the road and it becomes a friendship more than just a mentor mentee relationship. Um, I know that when I was was considering transitioning to the conference office side of things, I know that I called my mentor. I called some friends that I trusted, but she was at the top of the list and, you know, just talk through that with her. Talk, use them as much as you can for resources. Um, my mentee did something similar with me, just somebody, but a sounding board, but, but I still talk to my mentors and mentees in the past and check in. It's, it, this is the one year program, but the relationships continue on down the line. And I think Max will, will touch on that in a little bit, but um, like Lindy said, get as much as you can out of it this year, but this just sets you up for, for friendships in the future. Yeah, Hannah, I have to agree that that balance of sometimes maybe being a mentor or being a mentee within the program, you learn some things you wouldn't have realized as a mentee or a mentor, whether teaching or learning or giving advice. Um, so I feel like that's a perfect segue to Taylor and Max and their relationship. We'll just start off with an easy question, a simple one, but I think it's important. Uh, Taylor, we'll start with you. Just what made you get involved in the program to begin with? Um, yeah, I think for me, it was pretty um, like a no-brainer. Just being um, last year was first year as an SID. Um, uh, yeah, and so going to Costa Ida for my first year and all of that, it was just a no-brainer to connect with this community uh, network and also find support and um, ask for help from people who have been in it time. Max, what about yourself? I think you know, what I got into it, I was at uh, Cosada last year, like Taylor, and you know, I, I had gotten, uh, I had gotten my 25 year award and, um, you know, I've always been kind of a relationship builder and it's something that even going back to when I started at Siena college and St. John's back in 1999 and 2000 that I've always had, you know, a branch of people who I've worked with, who've worked for me. And, you know, I, I liked the idea of being paired up with someone and kind of being able to be, a, I think I even at the mid-year, I kind of referred to Taylor as like the little sister I never had. Uh, but to be able to build that kind of relationship where you can have with somebody who's just starting in the business. And, you know, I wanted to be able to kind of, to be there for that. Next, let's talk about, um, you know, building that relationship from the start, maybe a little bit of a different situation for, for Taylor and her role. She's kind of got a dual role communications, doing some operation stuff. You're more on the D1 side. How did, how did the two of you build that relationship from the start? Because I think that's maybe lost importance of that and how once you get that foundation going, that really builds out the rest of the relationship. Talk about that a little bit. I, I think, you know, there's a big part of it is main especially as lindy and hannah both re referred to it is being able to make that commitment and staying true to it and you find the way that works best for you you know when the pairings came out in september i remember looking at the list and thinking okay mills college i have no idea where that is and and what that is uh but i, I didn't really care i was more open to it in terms of like I just wanted to have somebody who I could work with and talk to. And, you know, it's another relationship you're building. So Taylor and I, I think we emailed at first, then we talked a couple times. And then as the school year got going, and like you said, Sean, she's in a little bit of a dual role with communications and operations. So she's got her hands in everything at a really small school. Whereas I've got my primary is men's basketball at Michigan State, which really is kind of a 24 7 365 type of deal anyway but as the year got going for both of us we found that the best way to communicate for us was to text and it was almost virtually every week where we were just texting each other just whether it was just to say hi whether it was just to whether it was her call texting me the day of a game saying go green or whether it was just me checking in and saying you know what's going on out there but i think the important thing is to be able to find that way that works for you with a pairing and really to stay committed to it because in my mind if either me as a mentor or she as a mentee if one end isn't committed to it then 
it, it's not going to work. And, you know, if you have that dual commitment, it, it just makes it a great relationship. And it doesn't matter whether I'm at Michigan State and she's at Mills College. It doesn't matter whether Mindy's at Duke or, you know, Hannah's at the Southern Conference. It's we're all in the same type of field and we can all relate in one way, shape or form. Taylor, why why was that effective for you on your end, especially wearing so many hats at a, at a small D3 school? Yeah, um, I think it was what was great is that there was heavy communication on the end um, when we both have downtime. I know not many of us have that, but just on the front end, kind of three different ways that we were communicating uh, built kind of a foundation to lead into feeling pretty comfortable during the year to just shoot a text for is getting on a call or getting an email. Um, and I think texting was nice for both of us and we have a three hour session. So I'm sure I was texting Max much later than I realized. Um, <laughs> but it was nice because it was always something that we would come back to. Seeing his message pop up, it was nice for me at the end of the day to be like, oh, you know, to respond or for Max to respond. Um, and there was a little, uh, less possibility of things getting lost in the inbox um, or, you know, playing phone tag. So it was just a really nice way to stay in touch, especially during crossover season and for me. Um, and yeah, like saying go green, like that took me, you know, two seconds to do that, but I, it was helpful for Max. So before we get to a few more questions, just want to remind everyone viewing the webinar, feel free to ask questions. We have one question we'll get to more later in the, um, the webinar from Allison Hogue, so we'll get to that at some point, but we have that in the queue, but feel free for anyone else to, to chime in and throw some questions our way. We'll certainly get to them. Um, you know, we've talked about the importance of being honest in who you wanted for a mentor and why. Um, the question for both of you, but we'll start with Taylor first. Um, you know, Taylor, there was some thought that you had some Michigan ties and that was important to you, If correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm curious why that was important and also, more importantly, for the two of you, just the lessons learned through this relationship so far. Yeah, um, well, my mom is from Michigan, and um, I mean, I love basketball. I played basketball in college, and so when I saw Max's name, position, it was really exciting for me, um, just from kind of like personal interest and that perspective. Um, but then I thought, you know, from a career-wise, you know, D3, D1, I have six women, and it weren't all women's college, so I have six sports that are all mine, and, you know, Max has men's basketball. I was worried about kind of making that connection across, um, but I think it was, you know, just kind of leaning into the new opportunity, new relationship, and finding the things that could translate to D3 from D1, just from listening to Max's stories and what he was working on from day to day. So, so through that, you know, you kind of navigated that a little bit, figured it out, what worked, um, the D3, D1 thing does work. What kind of lessons have you learned from Mex so far? And then we'll, we'll flip it to Mex. Yeah, um, I think, you know, we talked a lot um, stats here and there, but also, and Mex kind of touched on it earlier, the work we're doing is um, the same work. It just looks a little bit different. And for me, it was, helpful to really work on developing our athletic identity um, at Mills and kind of taking each of my sports and treating it like it was my only sport um, was something that I was really able to do with Max's perspective of just working on men's basketball. Um, and for me, I think that's our, not necessarily something that we've used in the past to create our narrative. Um, and so kind of being challenged and not to take it more into the recaps or social media um, and even with athletes of telling them like, hey did you know that you this many saves or versus this many shots stuff like that um, which I think for them makes it more real versus being like hey you had a great game um, and getting to see that on social media with more engagement because um, they see their face and they're like, Taylor, did you see Instagram? And I'm like, yeah, I made the graphic and I so, um, just seeing those and getting to focus more on stats was something I definitely pulled from Max and from just um, a D1 perspective. 
Max, what, what about you? You've been a, a mentor for a long time, and we can get to a story about that in a little bit. Um, but just talk about maybe what you've learned through your relationship and uh, mentorship with with Taylor. You know, it was it was interesting because, like I said at the start, you know, I, I saw Mills College, and and I didn't know anything about Mills, and I didn't know. I looked it up a little bit before Taylor and I talked the first time. And it kind of shocked me. I was I, I was thinking, wow, somebody who's at a D3 school, women's only, and six and you know, Taylor has six sports there. And it's just it's just we come at it from different perspectives. But in talking to her and getting to know her and getting to find out a little bit about what her day-to-day -day work is like there, just not only from the sports information side, but from the operation side and the dual hats, it you know, I was able to kind of relate to it a little bit because it reminded me of some things that I had done when I, when I was starting my career. So I think that was kind of where we were able to kind of lay a little bit of the groundwork because I had been at, uh, I did two years of internship work where, you know, anybody who's in this business and who's done internship work, know you know you're doing anything and everything. And I spent you know, a couple of years working in minor league baseball where you're not only working in the press box, but you're doing some operation stuff. So I learned a lot about what I, not only did I was, was it cool for me to be able to kind of talk to Taylor about some of the things that she wants to do or what she could do. It was cool for me to learn even at 25 years in about some of the things that she's doing. So it was really a two way street for us. So, so Hannah talked about this a little bit in the beginning. Um, you know, it the relationship extends beyond the work, right? The two of you are texting about work and learning things from each other. But I know there's a few stories between the two of you of just supporting each other personally. I don't know who want to jump, who wants to jump in on that, but just the texting of each other. I know um, there were some bigger storylines with Michigan State this year, but Taylor was, you know, conscious enough to just to text you and and support you in a, in a way that maybe you needed at the time that wasn't potentially present if this relationship didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, and I'll jump in, you know, we had a, a, a situation early in the year with one of our basketball players who had uh, his brother who passed away, you know, right after the first game of the season. And Taylor, within a couple of days, I think she, not maybe the day up, but within a day or two, afterward was shooting me a text not only to ask how how what you know what what was it like but more to say how are you doing you know knowing that it was pretty hectic for me which it was at the time but it, what i appreciated personally was not so much that she was asking like "Ooh, what's it like um because a lot of people do that and i get that that's understandable especially this kid was an, a first team all-american and you know returning preseason player of the year so there's a lot more around it but what meant to me more was that she reached out to say like are you doing okay and if you need anything I'm here to chat so and that was just in November so that was just two or three months into our relationship um and and, and it's something like that that kind of you know you you can see who a person is through something like that That's it's largely important. Hannah, Hannah, Lindy, I'm sure there are similar situations between the two of you and and being in this program and helping out mentors as well. Um, you know, we've kind of touched upon it a little bit with just how important it is to have that relationship go beyond the stats or the or the athletic communications part of it. Um, it's just it's just building your network beyond um, you know the the nuts and bolts of the job and things like that. Um, so. We'll get to Allison Hogue's question for a second here. Lindy, I think you'll be able to answer this one off the top. Um, Allison said that she's interested in having a mentor who works at the D1 level, and, and Mex, you know, chime into Anna, whoever wants to jump in, really. Um, her question was, however, my last internship was with a coaches association. Is there a way she can communicate which division she'd prefer when signing up for the program, and maybe we can give Allison some advice about maybe what programs to look at. And if you want to yeah. go ahead, Lindy. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, for sure, we can definitely, uh, you know, she can recommend you know, suggest if she wants a division one, that's no problem at all. You know, like we said earlier, try to be as specific as possible. Um, you know, if there is, um, 
you know, someone that she wants to be a mentor, she maybe have gotten to know someone or, or heard of someone, or if there's, you know, she wants a mentor that's been in the business for a certain amount of years, you know, be as specific as possible. Like, uh, you, the more information, the better, because like, like we've, Hannah and everybody has already said, we will do our best yeah. to put you with the right person. And, you know, if it, you want to try to get someone that's maybe close by to where you are, you know, try to do that. Hannah, yeah, I think a lot of her question is where do I put what division I want since she considers herself not a division at the time. And now that I think about it, you know, our, it does say same division as you. So I guess if you're not in a division, um, I, I guess we have a little bit of time before this goes live. We can see if we can add that to the sign up sheet, maybe just a, a random little place for you to put nuggets of information like that. But um, not able to get that change made, I would put that in the open ended part where you can talk about the three things you'd like to get out of the relationship, or you can always email Lori Bolig. She's over our committee and um, she can take that into consideration, but that's a good point. We mainly ask what division, and I guess if you are um, at an association, um, we didn't take that into consideration. So thank you for that question. Yeah, thank you, Allison. Uh, we'll, jump, we'll jump to another question here for Lindy and Mex. Um, who are a little further along in their career um, or careers. Um, if this program existed back when maybe you were in Taylor's spot, what would you consider, um, what would you look for in your top three mentors? Lindy, we'll start with you and then go to Mex, but uh, just curious what the two of you would look for on the mentee side very early on in your career. Yeah, I would just totally look for someone that's been in the business for a while that you could really learn a lot from. Uh, you know, there was plenty of mentors as I was getting started in the business that I looked up to, uh, especially people like Steve White and Craig Wells that were running the Western Carolina Sports Information Office when I started as a student, you know, learning so much from them about work ethics, relationships, uh, just the nuts and bolts about the business. Granted, it's uh, been a number of years ago and the business changed a lot since then, but, uh, you know, that's some of the big things that I would look for is um, just experience. Um, you know, you know, I I want to learn as much as possible about uh, you know, them as a person. You know, their work ethic, just uh, what drives them, uh, just little things like that. And uh, I would suggest things along those lines. Max, what about yourself? You know, I, I was just kind of writing it down a couple notes just as Lindy was talking. And, I, you know, one of, obviously one of the first things you want is somebody who has knowledge of the business and that goes with the experience and who's been around. But I think for me, to, if I were if it were if I were back in Taylor's shoes and or when I was starting, I would want someone who's who's personable um, and I'd want somebody more than anything else who's available. Um, I think back to my days when I was a student at St. Bonaventure, and to this day, Joe Quinlan, who's the senior associate AD at Columbia, um, I haven't taken a job in my life without talking to Joe Quinlan about any step. And I, I you know, I probably bothered him more than anybody in this world uh, when it comes. But I, I've known him since I was a junior in college. And, you know, the people who've, who I've worked for who've always been available, whether it's you know, Bob Beretta at Army or Steve McLean at Florida or Brad Hurlbut, who's the AD at Fairleigh Dickinson, gave me my very first professional job. Um, I still talk to those people to this day. Um, and I know, I don't know if this is the time for me to jump in with that, Sean. Uh, you, you tell me with my other note. Yeah, no, I think we should uh, segue a little bit to the planted item behind you there. Well, like, like right here, this is a going away gift I had from my staff at Georgetown, which is Growler. It's empty. I haven't, you know, truth be told, but it's the list of everybody who worked for me at Georgetown for 12 years. And uh, I was looking at it this, this morning as I put it up there. And I think Hannah asked me last week, do I still talk to a lot of them? And I looked at that list and there's probably about three quarters of the people there that I still do. Um, and even Taylor, I, I told her last week, one of my student workers from my first intern year at Penn, she's a lawyer in Michigan, actually lives about an hour away from me. And I still talk to her to this day. And, you know, the people I'd want to be associated with are, whether it's mentor or mentee would be people who are 
personable and available. Um, Hannah, I've, got a, I've got a, oh, go ahead. Can, I, oh, can I interrupt real quick? Um, yeah, yeah. Along the lines of what Lindy was saying, um, when you asked him what he would look for, when we send this information, you know, it, it's got information that they've provided on the form. We also encourage you to look at the list, um, go to their websites, look at their bios. There's only so much that we can say um, or that, that we're asking on this the sign sheet, but I, I know personally, I go to their website, I, I see the names of people, I search their story, their background. There's a lot more about these people than just what's on the form. If you want to know if people have children, um, you know, we, we briefly touch on the steps of their career, but if you want a deeper look at how they got their start, things like that, um, you, you feel free to do a little bit of the work on your end to take the time to, to look at their bios, um, search them on social media. There's other ways to find out more about the options of people out there than just what we're going to provide to you, um, just because, you know, there is information. But that's just another option, like Lindy said, to try to figure out um, what you're looking for in the relationship, maybe reading some of these bios if people will trigger something like, oh, wow, they used to be at this stage. And I didn't realize that just reading this this form or, or that's now interesting to me and that's not something I thought I would value, but their career path to you know, up the chain or whatever is something interesting to me. So um, don't be afraid to, to take your time with this process. There's no rush to get your, your top three in, but maybe do a little bit of the work on your end as well once we send out the, the list of options. Go ahead, Max. One thing that I, I thought was kind of unique for Taylor and I too, and Taylor, you can jump in on with this, is as our relationship grew during the year, you know, at one point, whether it was February, March, Taylor started talking to me a little bit about what she wanted to do kind of future career wise. And I, I think that's something that whether you're at, it doesn't matter. And I've said it before, but it doesn't matter what level you're at. And I think once you build that relationship and you have that trust with mentor, mentee, you can start to ask those questions of, you know, what do you think I should do? What, like, where do you think, what's my next step? What do you want to do? Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to have that, um, I think that space and to feel comfortable with the relationship and also knowing and trusting and believing that going to give me um, his honest opinion about what to do and where to go and what to work on. We had, we had one question come in from uh, Margie Alvarez. If we had been selected for the internship program through the NCAA scholarship to attend the convention, do we slash can we still apply? Hannah, your thoughts on that? Uh, definitely fill out the form for sure, I'd imagine. Yeah, I would assume that someone from COSADA will be in touch. Um, if there are any issues, maybe Lori. But um, if you fill out your form, maybe just include that that information. But they should have that information um, on COSADA's end as well, I would think. So. Yeah. Yeah. So so Margie, you'd be paired automatically, but the form will definitely be helpful. Um, in navigating the choices for sure and who to pick yeah. um, you know, or pair you up with. So just keep that in mind as you go through, as everyone has said, be, be super honest. Um, to Hannah's point earlier, I think you'd find that you know, everyone who could be a possible mentor would be super open to talking with you maybe even beforehand. Um, I know that I've met Hannah, Lindy and Mex at convention, never knew them before that. Um, and we've developed relationships through that um, in emailing or talking with each other, but everyone was super approachable and, and you fi you'll find that, you know, everyone wants to help. Um, so if you have a little bit of, you know, a little bit nervous about joining the program or, or not sure where to where to end up, you know, the committee will, will take care of you. They'll put you in the hands of the right people. Um, and I think you can kind of see that here with Taylor and Mex's um, situation. You know, it's, it's certainly been one that's been positive for the both of them. Um, Hannah, I'll oh, go ahead, Max. I didn't know if you were going to jump. No, in. I was just agreeing. Okay. Uh, one other question we had: uh, When will the form go out to ask for a new mentor? That is that the June. That's the June one. The June one is signups, and then yep. as soon as we what what did we say, Lindy? July thirty first. That will close, and then we'll start. Um, she'll send out the form, and then we'll start making pairing. That's correct. So June 1 through July 31st. Um, Taylor, I, I had a question. Yeah, and then we'll 
she'll compile that um, information and send it out it's usually within a week or two. Taylor, I had a question for you. I'm going to toot your own horn a little bit, so bear with me, but I think it's pretty impressive that your SID of six teams, you're also doing operations, you're doing quite a lot in the, the younger portion of your career, um, you know, so I wanted to compliment you on that, but would can you provide any advice to, to maybe some of the the mentees in the group who are sort of navigating their first couple of years in the business and uh, you know how you've been effective so far and what what you've learned um yeah i'm grateful and thank you i appreciate um, all of that but i'm grateful that in college i was able to intern um at the air force academy in their sports media office for a year um and get kind of that d1 look and i guess my biggest piece of advice or encouragement is to um not shy away any sort of opportunity, whether it's D1, D2, D3, um, just because it's not, you know, your dream job in that moment. And a big thing too is just, I said it a little bit earlier, but really leaning into opportunities and um, even uncomfortable moments of kind of pushing yourself out of your box. Um, operations for there's some parts of it that I love and there's other parts that I hate. <laughs> um, but I think there's, it's nice to know the whole process and it's even nice to know the whole process of admissions, financial aid. Um, I can support with recruiting in those ways. Um, and I think it's just the responsibilities you add to like frustration, but I think with appropriate time management and, um, just kind of navigating those things, you get a broader perspective, which only makes you better at SID because you see the broader perspective of your student athletes campus and the different spaces that they navigate. Lindy, you wanted to jump in there? Yeah, I just wanted to also echo a little bit too that, you know, if you are a member of this program um, or not, and you're interested in joining, but if you know other if you have a mentor that's helped you out in the pro, uh, just in the business, and they're not involved in the program, maybe really encourage them to get involved. Um, you know, we're always looking for more people to sign up, especially really you know, good mentors that want to be involved. And um, so I would you know, really encourage everyone, if you know one or two mentors or mentees, you know, reach out to them. You know, let them know about uh, the program if they don't know about it already, and and just um, you know. We can make this program better if we get, of course, more you know, people involved. Go ahead, Hannah. I think along those lines, obviously you want that involvement, but I would encourage you to reach out to, you know, to maybe put some people outside of your comfort zone. It can be really easy to see friends' names on the list, and um, it should, that would be the easy choice. I kind of encourage you to, to think outside the box. Um, if you know that you're talking to your friends on a normal basis anyways, that kind of defeats the purpose of the mentor-mentee relationship where you, you know, you're getting your comfort zone, you're meeting new people. So um, if, if you can think of people who should be involved that aren't, like Lindy said, please, please tell them about the program, encourage them to sign up. But when you're considering um, your three people you'd like to request as a mentor, maybe maybe just think outside the box and don't, don't put the names you're familiar with just because you, you see their names on Twitter or you already know this person. That, that's just the easy way. We had another question come in, Hannah and Lindy. I think this one would be best served for the two of you. Um, do the mentors change from year to year, or are they consistent for a certain amount of years, and why? Go ahead, Hannah. The, the mentor change from year to year. So um, the program runs from September 1 to the end of May, and then we regroup and send it out again so that people can meet new people. Um, that the relationships don't get stagnant, you're, you're continuing to grow. But that's where um, the friendship comes in that I mentioned earlier, where the relationship as a mentee last year, but what you want to do outside of that, you know, what what relationship you want to take forward, that's up to you guys. But as far as having a, a liaison on the mentorship committee, checking in with you, facilitating that discussion, matching you, um, that's just a one-year thing. And then you get a new one the next year. We hope that people come back. Most of the people that participate in the committee stick around and 
continue to do it and eventually some of those mentees get confident to be mentors and um, it becomes really cyclical but um, it is just one year beginning of September to the end of May um, pairing. Thank you for explaining that Hannah. Um, so if give a couple more minutes for last minute questions on the chat but um, as we kind of wind down and and wrap up the webinar here want to thank everyone for for joining us today uh, i just want to give each of you maybe you know like a minute or so to just kind of give some parting words on on the uh, committee or either the program as a whole uh, just to kind of wrap it up for everyone from your point of view uh, we'll kind of go down the line at least on my screen here so mex you've obviously talked a little bit about you know your relationships built over time this program has certainly been successful you know in this instance that we're talking about with you and taylor but you know maybe just talk about the importance of the program as a whole and why why you view it as such you know this is the first year i've done it and it's probably been one of the most rewarding thing things i've done in 25 years in the business and uh you know it's it's a relationship business and we learn from those who've done it in the past and i wish i had i i had this you know i've had mentors from earlier in my career but i wish i had something like this with the opportunity to learn from or about someone from you know a different completely different environment and you know i said to taylor just last week this is you know it may we may i, I we probably won't be matched up next year but it's just the start of a relationship for us lindy what about yourself just some parting parting words yeah i've really enjoyed being the the program for a couple of years and then being on the committee this past year seeing more of the way uh you know, the whole program runs and operates and uh you know, diving deep into that um you know i would just like i said a little earlier just really encourage people to get involved and if you get involved you know, don't just uh, sign up and not stay in touch with your mentor mentee uh, i think that's probably one of the most frustrating things i think we as a committee um you know see and um you know we we want people to be involved in a great experience with the program and if you're not you know not keeping in touch with your mentor mentee that's not what this is all about so i would just highly just recommend uh you know get involved and then just uh being a, a good uh you know friend you know professionally friendship just everything just uh just be involved and, and have fun with it you know it i i enjoy meeting new people in the profession and this is a great way to do it. Taylor, we'll let you go. Just, you know, talk about the importance of the program, sort of what it's meant to you so far. Yeah, I mean, like Mike said, I'm really excited that this is not the end, I guess. It, you know, it's our year, it might be up, but I don't see our relationship ending in any sort of way um, or soon. And two, for me, I think this is an exciting opportunity to learn from multiple different perspectives and you know, I'm excited to be a part of the program again next year. Um, and a driving force for me is to end up where Mex and Lindy are, right? Is that in the future I can be the person for someone else. And so really just trying to be a sponge and soak everything up and do it for as long as I can to be a part of the program um, before I can get to be the uh, top dog. <laughs> Hannah, I was gonna ask you your parting thoughts here, but we got a great question. Um, that I think maybe you can answer and then if anyone else wants to chime in. Um, so the question we received, at what point in someone's career should one consider himself or herself ready to transition from being a mentee to a mentor? So I think that's a really important question. Yeah, I think that's a really personal question and um, I'm kind of of the notion that you're even, if you're even thinking about it, that you might be ready. Um, I think age and years in the business obviously factor in. Um, you know, we kind of kind of discourage GAs and, and it's student interns, obviously, from being um, mentors, but there are a lot of those people in COSADA, GAs and um, student workers even. So if you're, you know, even just a couple years in the business, you have something to offer to these people. There are people out there that would request you. So um, I think that's just kind of a personal decision, but everybody has something to offer. And if you feel comfortable, um, we do rely on the mentor to kind of lead the relationship a little, to, to be the first one to reach out and kind of make sure that the relationship stays on track um, with the help of your liaison from the committee. But um, if you feel 
willing and led to take on that leadership role and um, impart some advice, uh, I think that we would love to have you. So um, if you're if you're even thinking about it, um, I think you should at least throw your name in the hat. Anyone else want to answer that? Or are we good on that answer by Hannah? All right. Well done, Hannah, on that. Thank you. Um, appreciate that. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. Um, appreciate all the questions that were asked in the chat, some very good ones to say the least. Um, obviously want to thank Hannah, Taylor, Lindy, and Mex for joining us today. Uh, really appreciated the sharing of, of your experiences and the knowledge you've gained uh, through the committee work and the program as a whole. Um, so just a reminder that signups will start in June, go from June 1st to July 31st. You'll see all of that on cosida.com. In August, pairings will be made. Again, you know, top three is important, but the committee will work to pair you with someone who fits what you've answered in that informational um, sheet. So please keep in mind that that's really important to be honest and um, reflective in that sheet. And then the program will kick off in September. So just keep that in mind if you're considering being a mentee or a mentor. Um, so with that, we'd like to thank everyone for joining today's informative session. And obviously, again, a big thanks to our presenters for their guidance and insight. A reminder that you can find the on-demand webinar on cosida.com and cosida connect, our membership portal later this afternoon. It also will be in a podcast format and will be on our cosida YouTube channel as well. We'll have all the links for you on the cosida website. Um, again, stay tuned for all our June virtual convention programming, as we will offer live and recorded sessions throughout the month of June. Feel free to refer to cosida.com for all the information and links, and obviously you can see that on your screen now. So plenty of opportunities to learn and share some experiences with fellow colleagues. Again, thank you for joining us, and we hope everyone has a great week.